and you're listening to my favorite talk show, The Weekly Show with Aditya. This is episode 463 on the 31st of December 2021 on this New Year's Eve special episode and the last episode of 2021 though for me it's just another day in the calendar and the episode will carry on whether it's 2022 or 2122 So this is a New Year's special episode number four sixty three. While we may all be going ahead to celebrate New Year's in just about twelve hours time, and by the time most of you listen to this broadcast, it may be New Year itself, depending on which part of the world you find yourself in. what is not new is the roman reigns block lesnar rivalry it's as old as time itself these two wrestlers have been going at each other for the past 7 years and they have been going back and forth to fight for championship in triple threat matches in singles competition in steel cage matches in hell in a cell matches so they have been doing it every year but what is so different right now difference is paul heyman the roman reigns brock lesnar paul heyman love triangle has reached an interesting point paul heyman who was formerly lesnar's hype person became roman reigns hype person in august last year and that partnership continued till about august this year when lesnar returned and then the mind games played by brock lesnar and his constant seeking of paul heyman and the way he manipulated roman reigns enough to have doubts on paul heyman who had as the story goes been serving reigns family for the past 30 to 40 years and that ended a fruitful partnership which means roman reigns doesn't have his high person or special counsel or whatever 
terminology you may want to use with him. And then Lesnar after the previous encounter where the introduction of the championship belt and the confusion going forward with it really came to a very interesting point. This is not the first time they are facing each other. This is not the last time they'll face each other. This may not go in the books as a great rivalry because of rivalries which have come before like Triple H and The Rock, Triple H and Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Shawn Stone Cold and The Rock. Of course, we are still obsessed as we always are about certain individuals and that can be seen. We, we can't take our eyes away from certain wrestlers. So Brock Lesnar who came, who made his debut in 2002 and now is almost 20 years into the business in professional wrestling and all combat sports. Roman Reigns who is part of a family which has been part of the wrestling circuit for almost their entire life with it's cousins hilarious. being a part of this business and his more popular cousin now part of the entertainment industry literally and the effect he had. Roman Reigns find himself in a very dicey situation. Who has a better chance of winning this championship? Well, Roman Reigns has had his luck as has been winning championships because he's always had somebody and expect his cousins, the Usos, to play a role in it. But let's see how the administration reacts. Will they make it a no disqualification match? It may work in anyone's favor. So as I said, this rivalry is at as old as time. We may be ushering in the new year, but we are not ushering anything new in terms of rivalry. It feels different because we tried to do that because of Paul Heyman and the love triangle between the three of them and Paul Heyman knowing both of them intimately. Will he play a role? He will play a role. Which side will he be on? Well, that's something for him to figure out. He's been doing this for so long. He's partnered with so many wrestlers for such a long period of time. That's for that individual to figure it out. Let's move on to another extreme championship. This is a fatal four-way match. None of the four individuals are new to this. All of them are former champions. Rollins has been there, done it all. And if who has a chance of win? It's a fatal four-way match. So, there will be alliances. There have already been temporary alliances when Rollins and Lashley have... Rollins and Owens have come together to take out Big E and Lashley. And don't be surprised if Big E, Owens and Rollins come together to... Make sure that Lashley no longer plays a role. This has happened before. Whenever Lesnar was a part of Fatal 4 Ways and Fatal 5 Ways and Triple Threat, the first act of his opponent was to neutralize him through a table, into the steel chair, because it's a no disqualification match. The first wrestler to pin or submit the other one wins it. So all four have an equal chance. It's a 25% chance for all four, which means 
the current champion may lose his grip over the championship. Rollins may become a five-time world champion. That's a possibility. Lashley, who lost his championship a couple of months before, may retain it. So it's difficult to come to a conclusion which of these four individuals has a greater chance. For me, I cannot predict anything. It won't be surprising. Whoever wins will always be on top of the mountain. That's how this sport is played. The other three who lose, well, that's the way Fatal 4 matches go. And we all know how this Fatal 4 came into being. Rollins won a ladder match. Owens won through disqualification. Lashley won by beating all three in a gauntlet match. So all three of them have come into this particular match by winning their respective matches, by beating their respective opponents. And they now find themselves in a situation where all four of them have an equal chance. So it's difficult. Let's move on to a relatively newer rivalry which will go on for a long time. Becky Lynch, Liv Morgan, Becky Lynch... No longer a rookie, now an established name in the world of professional wrestling has gone back and forth with multiple wrestlers. Once upon a time a rookie, no one took her seriously, but that's the way championships go. Morgan, who was part of a faction which was dissipated, changed her looks, changed her attire and other things and now finds herself in another Women's Championship match. The previous match was ended in a controversial fashion when Lynch held the ropes to pin her. The referee did not see it. And you win by hook or crook. That's the way professional wrestling works. It may not be neat. It may not be likable. But it's, this has been happening for years. And if the referee doesn't see the fellow wrestlers do something even if it's unethical or wrong or whatever nomenclature, it's fine. If the referee sees it, then they have an opportunity to call it off or stop the pinning combination, stop the count. But it, so do expect, would you expect some underhand tactics by either of these making sure that the referee doesn't, the referee's attention doesn't come to it? It's nothing new. That's the way this sport works. It's been working this way for the past four and a half decades. That's what the managers and the people at the back want. Yes, they don't express that, but that's the way things work. Outside, outside, outside interferences where the referee doesn't see it, it works. You can question it. It has worked in WWE's Rival AEW, which I saw yesterday and which is also beginning to garner interest. I'll talk about their pay-per-view in a while, but let's focus on this one. And so, all three matches, underhand tactics is a possibility. Outside, outside interferences is a part of this business. It will happen. If the referee doesn't see it, it doesn't matter. You may, you may say it's wrong, but that's the way things are. It's planned, unplanned, it really doesn't matter. So all three championships is, well, they are, as I said, all the P 
people involved in all the three are former champions. Morgan is looking for her first championship. Rest of them have won before they are defending champions. So, who's going to win among the three? Anyone, it's possibility. There's it's difficult to predict who has a higher chance. Another rivalry which has been as old as time for the past seven to eight years is the one between the Usos and the New Day. They have also been going back and forth as tag teams. They have fought for every tag team championship possible. They have been part of classical matches. Usos have now been part of this business for the past 12 years, which means they are already in that Hall of Fame contention. New Day, there is a slight change because one of their members is now part of another brand and Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods have to go on and do the things themselves. Of course, there is a change of names. Woods went on to win the King of the Ring tournament and then the whole story around Sir Kofi Kingston. It's very interesting but it's not critical. So, will there be a championship change in the five championship matches? It's a possibility. Not all titles change or will the match being ironically on 1st of January according to US time, will there be a first time champion or will there be a change of champion? A new champion in terms of a change of guard of champions. It's difficult to say. One doesn't know what the WWE management has in mind. But it's certainly going to be interesting if none of the championships change hands. Whether it's the tag team or the individual ones. Or all five change hands at the same time. And we'll say the ones who win deserve it. That's always the case. And then... The interesting one is the RK Bro Championship because the only reason only reason Randy Orton and Riddle are part of this is because of that slight mentor-mentee relationship. You have a very serious Randy Orton, you have a very carefree Riddle. But if they lose the championship, you may see this partnership coming to an end. Sub partnerships are dependent on factors like winning championships or having something in common. Riddle and Orton have nothing in common because they are two different individuals. That's what they present on television. A serious one. One who doesn't goof around versus the other one who is always in that mood to goof around and things happening. So as I said, if RK Bro, that is Randy Orton and Riddle lose their championship to the Street Profits, you may see the end of their tag team. It's a possibility. If they retain, it will continue. If they lose, it may end. So as I said, all five championship matches, it can be retained or there can be new champions in terms of having a different person taking the new year and then of course the Royal Rumble coming into play four weeks from now. So as I said, anything is possible in all the five matches. And then, of course, the non-title matches are also interesting, though they may not get that kind of coverage. Of course, Edge, since returning after a long time, has been going back and forth with a lot of his fellow wrestlers. And now he's targeted Miz for the same. 
and and one is a hall of famer one wants to be a hall of famer both of them had have been part of this business for over 15 16 years they've had their rivalry before also so there's nothing new in the rivalry and then edge has been taken away from the championship table but don't be surprised edge may challenge the winner of the WWE world championship for another match he's had his disappointing moments as far as his rivalry with roman reigns is concerned which meant that daniel bryan left wwe after competing two or three times to be part of the aew world as bryan danielson lot of wwe wrestlers left or their contracts were not renewed so at least 10 or 12 decent wrestlers good wrestlers left we all know why people leave and then there's the drew mcintyre situation versus madcap moss that's been that's been another hilarious rivalry because of the way madcap moss and his mentor behave as they spend time with each other so don't be surprised if the likes of drew mcintyre and sheamus challenge the winner of the roman reigns lesser match for the universal championship that is a possibility it can happen don't be surprised if drew mcintyre manages to defeat madcap moss let's say that being the more experienced wrestler and the more versatile wrestler and the more stable wrestler in terms of knowing what he has to do and what he has to avoid in terms of going forward with his moves and expect the reigns lesnar match to be the main event so if whoever wins reigns retains good you will see drew mcintyre enter and announce his intentions to challenge the winner same thing with miz or the edge whoever wins may see themselves having an opportunity to challenge the winner of the fatal four way match so these non title matches are crucial in terms of the winners going ahead and challenging the winners of the title chip championship matches so it's going to be a very interesting pay-per-view they call it the day one pay-per-view because of one of the few times a pay-per-view happens on the first of saturday and on a saturday it doesn't happen often but that's the way the calendars are and that's the way things are happening so all the seven matches scheduled or maybe more will have a very interesting impact on how the future championship matches go but for now let's take a short break
moving on to some other sports in the India South Africa Ashes tournament India went on to win the match and then everyone is celebrating the first win at a certain venue and winning four overseas test matches Kohli being the most successful captain and the whole blah 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 but let me tell you let's not get carried away of course a few former pseudo experts calling this a weak batting team and a weak bowling team well let me tell you i don't know what is meant by the term weak i think what we have is a very weak commentary box the weakest the most incompetent group who are only there because the broadcaster cannot afford genuine people who will charge so exorbitantly that they will lose all their money in just paying the broadcaster so anyone who comes and says that i will be happy to be a commentator for 50 paisa they just take him well they may be former experts but it doesn't count so i don't agree with the fact that the current south african team is the weakest because 10 years from now this group will be leading and you will say wow what a team aden marker in the legend temba babuma 100 matches 20 centuries what a legend marco jansen breaking all records 20 year old now at 30 the captain of the team and all the hype surrounding it we do that with every team we did it when warner and smith were absent from the team for whatever reason and india won that tournament and everyone said it doesn't count there's no warner and smith so what now they had labushain now we cannot have a team without labushain and warner and smith and travis head and whoever is part of the team we didn't take a labushain seriously 4 years ago and now we take him seriously even after warner and smith came back we still went on to win and everyone is saying is this pace quadrate or pace pentagon in line with the 80s fearsome 80s of the west indies well in the 80s everyone said the fearsome four of the west indies or the likes of thomas thompson and lily well i think thompson and lily theory is now very silly we have to move on yes maybe it was a very competent team of the west indies in the 80s it doesn't matter of course there's bumra there's shami there's siraj i still think ishan sharma has a lot to give we cannot rule him out yes he may not be picking up wickets he you may think that at 33 he is a little tired and not in form of course he is 33 not 133 i still think ishan sharma umesh yadav i still want hardik pandya to be part of the team and of course the discussion that whether a captain and a coach should be part of the selection of the team or shouldn't be the selection committee well selection committee do play a role but i think if we have to be specific the current selection committee i don't even know who they were so i don't really count them as they know about the talent they travel well they all travel for free to watch matches well if you told me that i will be going to a stadium and for at someone else's cause and i'll be watching a match and i'll be extracting out talent i will say that there are a few players apart from rohit and rahul and mayank 
who should be part of the team in terms of opening. So I still think the selectors have made a lot of errors while selecting this team as far as the South Africa tour is concerned. They should have gone with Prithvi Shaw as one of the openers. Yes, Priyank Panchal deserves it. Everyone knows that. They should have gone with Ishan Kishan as a backup to Rishabh Pant. I don't care if Ishan Kishan hasn't played any domestic white ball, red ball game. It doesn't matter. It's the same. White ball, red ball, it's all in the mind. We all know in test matches, you're happy making 18 or 50. In 50 overs and 20 over matches, you have to make 50 of 18. It's a mind game. It's nothing more than that. And it's not the first time this red ball, white ball thing is happening. It's been happening since 1970 when they decided, and let's for fun play a 50 over or 60 over game. So it doesn't count. This red ball, white ball distinction is one without a difference. And it's only for the pseudo-technical people who think they have a lot to offer. Yet, when they speak, it's nothing more than gibberish and they think because they talk about certain issues they're contributing, well, they wouldn't deserve half an award. And I know what I deserve. So, let's not get into those discussions. So, good match, but I still think the but I still think it will be a, a tournament of the ballers. So, if South Africa wins a toss and bats first in the next match, expect South Africa to win hands down. Unless India bowls out South Africa for 150-160, they take a lead of 60-70 and then it's a repeat of the Melbourne match. So, unless that happens and if, even if, of course, you are saying that it's the weakest England team, will you have Root and Stokes? I still think I will respect a Root and Stokes more than a Michael Vaughan or a Michael Atherton or even Andrew Flintoff because running your mouth is the easiest thing when you don't have anything concrete to say. You have been part of 5-0 whitewashes and then you question your own teammates that why are they doing this? Or things? I don't know. So as I said, whenever the next match starts, of course, it's a New Year test as the tradition or thing. The New Year test is absolute nonsense, but that's the way things are. If South Africa wins the toss, they will bat first, hands down. Whether it's in Cape Town or Johannesburg, it doesn't make a difference. They will want to get to at least 300, which their batters can do. Will our bowlers allow? That depends. And as I said, the pitch doesn't make a difference. So it, it all depends on how South Africa reacts. Of course, their legendary keeper in Quinton de Kock is no longer part of the test team because the bubble got to him. Finally, the first player to whom the bubble got. Well, Stokes took a break. Cooley took a break, but they didn't say they'll be retiring. They said they'll be taking a break and they'll be coming back. But I think external criticism got to Decog. Maybe he had earphones in his hand listening to those pseudo-Indian commentators who were questioning his technique and his mode of dismissals and that repetition of mode of dismissals. I don't know, but of course, personal reasons, he would have not been part of the other tournament, other games for personal reasons. He retires from test matches. I still think he would have, he is a legendary keeper. He For me, he's Above the likes of Mark Boucher because Mark Boucher, one of those lucky keepers who managed to play 150 test matches. But when the likes of Mark Boucher played, there was no bubble nonsense. There was no virus charade and there was no testing after every few hours. 
though right now one wouldn't know which is more dangerous testing for banned substance or testing for this pseudo virus which will get the athlete more embarrassed well that's for the athlete to find out let's take a short break This ends episode number 463 on the 31st of December 2021 but the day and the date hardly makes a difference to a legendary show which continues despite such things. Half the world, half the people who are talk show hosts or podcasters would be taking a break if they have a show scheduled because they think they deserve a break. For me it's the opposite. For me it doesn't matter what the day is, what the festive mood is, for me the show must go on and if it's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it doesn't matter what the occasion is, the show goes on. Whether it turns out to be whatever festivities, my show will go on and nothing will stop it from going on. So the next episode will be coming to you very shortly. And whether it's 2022 or 2222, the show will go on. So I will be back on the 3rd of January with episode number 464 as the legendary talk show will continue its legendary journey. By the time, while you wait for the next legendary episode, why don't you take a short break? While you wait for the next legendary episode, why don't you put these legendary books in your must-read books column? If you want, if you are wondering how will I stay at home because festivities have been restricted, you can't go out after a certain time. What do you do from 8 a.m. to 12 a.m. tonight? Well, whatever part of the world you are in, and if there are restrictions on celebration which is itself a negative thing then why don't you do something positive do something legendary be part of the legendary world read these books 
spend time reading these books and before you know it will be 1am on the 1st of January 2022 and you will say wow what a beautiful 4 hours I have spent. Till then, goodbye.